0: And welcome to another episode of Provoke the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we've got Kelsey Shalou on the other side of the country. How you doing, Kelsey?
1: Hey, hey, hey! I'm doing great. How is everyone else doing?
0: <laughs> so, I mean, we we did we definitely had a, a brief hiatus. Um, it's been about almost a month now since the last episode. Um, you know, a lot of changes have happened. Obviously, Kelsey is now on the other side of the country, and um, you know, it's just busy as hell at a Vogue agency sometimes. So, you know, things kind of get uh, kind of fall by the wayside. But we are back. We are better than ever. We have a full house of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Gen Zers who are ready to just take over the episode and kind of tell us um, everything that we as aging ad professionals uh, we need to know about how to really You know, cater to the new generation, because as a millennial, I'm really getting tired of us talking about us, you know? (laughs) So yeah, this is going to be a great opportunity to kind of like really jump in and just and kind of finally look forward to the new generation. So speaking of which, if we can kind of just go around the room and have everybody introduce themselves, and then we'll just jump straight into it.
2: Uh, Hi, I'm Lindsay. I'm one of the account services interns here at Evoke. My name is Ariana, and I'm one of the media
3: interns.
4: My name is Zach. I'm also one of the media interns,
3: and I'm Rebecca, another account services
0: intern. Awesome. All right. So the first topic of discussion. Um, this is kind of something that that we've we've talked about on the podcast in the past, but not really to much in much detail. But just the idea of the the eight second filter, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's this idea that you know. The, 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 the ever-shrinking human attention span and that, you know, you really only have a matter of seconds to really gain somebody's attention and really pull them in to kind of talk about whatever your product or service may be, right? Mm-hmm. So, just anyone, jump in. Like, is, does that idea hold true for the new generation? I think so. Yeah?
2: I think that it does. I think um, something that I read before jumping into the podcast today I read that people nowadays have a shorter attention span than a goldfish, Mm -hmm. which is apparently nine seconds, and now we've evolved to eight seconds, and um, (laughs) that's... Relatively speaking. Yeah, and I just think think that it's definitely accurate, because I even find myself losing focus on things on a day-to-day basis, so
0: right
1: i think when it comes to content too that's really where it comes in i don't think like generally an attention span of like i can't sit down for more than eight seconds or like make eye contact or talk to a person for more than eight seconds is necessarily a thing but like i definitely notice it with content if i'm not hooked like in three to four seconds or i can skip an ad if it's not relevant or um interesting to me like that's where my eight second attention span comes in and uh, I think what Brian was referring to is on the on the cast before we've talked about Vine and how Vine was kind of that birth of the six six second content form, um, and we kind of see that now on Snapchat. We see it in our like you know Instagram ads, and um, hopefully Vine 2.0 is like out there somewhere making its return Sorry. because Vine would be so funny right now in 2018. Um, but I definitely I definitely agree with you on the. Uh, on the eight-second filter as far as content goes. Right. Um, not necessarily, generally speaking, but definitely in my entertainment, my content. Right.
0: And so the quantity will, quantity, oh, quality will always reign over quantity, regardless, like, how, how much we pay attention to things. So what, what, what are some things that, like, what do we need to be doing as advertisers to really capture the Gen Z's attention?
4: Uh, Gen Z really have a an interest in, in uh, products and uh, companies that have a socially conscious view. They mm-hmm. like to, like to buy products that have you know no GMOs, all natural, organic, mm-hmm. or fair trade coffee. Because so, like, we like to do good, and we like to do good with our money. It's a it's a good way to uh, to, to to promote what we want in the world through what we buy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we saw that kind of outbreak with millennials too, and has just been like increased and picking up more and more traction um, with Gen Z or generations to come in the future. Kind of that um, spark for that ethically conscious purchase, as opposed to um, kind of just like what's quick and available, maybe. Right.
0: So okay, so I'm, I'm I'm skeptical just for the for what you just brought up, uh, Kelsey, about how millennials also kind of shared this sentiment of like, you know, social responsibility, being environmentally conscious, like what I'm skeptical because I, 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 I'm I, doubtful that that sentiment trickles down to Gen Z in the same way that it affected my generation, so my question to you guys is, I don't think it's enough to just say, oh, you know, as long as we slap no GMO on packaging, we're gonna get Gen Z, no problem. (laughs) Like is, what other steps, like what other layers do we have to, do we need to be mindful of including when, whenever, whether it's copy or imagery or video or just a mission or brand statement? Like what else, What? how sincere does it need to be and how can we convey that sincerity?
3: It has to be a part of the company value. It has to be intrinsic. And it can't right. just be, okay. you can't just slap a sticker on it. You have to yeah. like grow up with the idea, that mindset. And so then we'll give you attention then mm-hmm. we'll give you our money. And I think we know who you are as like a genuine yeah. person, genuine right.
2: Credibility company.
3: too. Yeah. For a company.
4: And the, uh, the company builds credibility by showing the consumer the difference they make. So I know like Tom's, when you buy a pair of shoes, you know for a fact that when you buy a pair of shoes, a person in Africa gets a pair of shoes as mm-hmm. well. So yeah. you can literally see the difference that you're making. Right. And that builds mm-hmm. credibility. Okay. And then
5: they're bringing on the brand name too, as well. So when you're showing that to everybody else, everyone else sees, oh, not only did they help it out, but you know the company's doing the same thing.
0: Right. Okay. So yeah, that 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 makes more sense to me. Kind of giving it a certain tangibility, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Because I know, um, like, with Pride Month, for example, you noticed that, especially on social media, a lot of brands mm-hmm. kind of made that yeah. that that you know that change in their 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 um, their banners and their logos to kind of fit the LGBT yeah. you know mold, but. I was skeptical because I'm like, how many, like, where's the sincerity? How many of these brands are actually doing this because they, they feel so, this way? Yeah. yeah. You know, or they're they they, trying to get publicity. Right. So that's yeah. always that, there's always that fine line that you kind of have to walk in between to, to, to show that sincerity while still being, I guess, culturally and, and socially relevant. And so yeah, I do appreciate that.
4: The money's always the motive until mm-hmm. so you look, dig
0: deeper, I guess. Right, yeah. you always have, and I think that's that's one thing that, that, that rings true across all generations is like, you know, you know, having some sort of concrete, you know, idea of what a brand or a company truly feels on how they truly feel about a social issue. Um, so I guess to go kind of a little further with that, are there certain social issues that you've seen a lot of brands tend to, that, that, that tend to be jumping on in the past few years? Are there any that have that stuck out to you? I know I've mentioned LGBT. Well, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: definitely that one. And each, piggybacking on that one, uh, I noticed a couple of days ago um, that I was on the Abercrombie & Fitch website, and they now have an entire pride line. Really? Yeah, and I actually loved it. I oh, thought wow. it was okay. all really cool designs that they made, and I okay. know because I, I actually used to work for that company, and they've completely changed okay. everything that they're about. But
0: they're like, not paying you to say this right now. No, no, no. Absolutely <laughs> <I'm sure. Okay. laughs> <laughs> not. I love that company a lot. Okay.
2: But just saying, like, <laughs> that, um, I've just noticed like even like H&M right. has done things like that, and that's also a controversial company just like Abercrombie & Fitch because right. CEOs and higher-ups in their company have said – horrible things in the past. Right. So they're trying to come back and get the publicity of, hey, we're not bad people, you guys. We can bring out the LGBT community like lines as well, just like mm-hmm. everybody else. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I feel like most of the time companies just joint jump on those bandwagons for pub- like publicity reasons instead of doing
0: good. Okay. Yeah. And so I guess that goes back to your point of like making sure that that, that, that sentiment kind of is spidered with that like throughout yeah. the company's values core values their beliefs and everything that they kind of do day to day Mm -hmm. yeah okay okay cool cool Cool.
1: and maybe instead of just a line of something you know consumer product that someone can purchase with um, you know specific sentiments like what are you actively doing in that community to better it what are you actively doing on the streets um, as a brand with the name with money with resources with connections um, to you know write and build the narrative that is assumingly better or makes the situation um enhanced in some type of way mm-hmm.
0: yeah and i think that like the, the first thing i think of is um i know gap i think it was gap and like two or three other major companies that kind of they still kind of do it now is this the whole the, the product red oh, um, yeah. for, for mm. aids awareness yeah, uh, apple. Apple. oh yeah apple does it too um so just you know i i know you mentioned the idea uh kelsey of you know maybe just like rolling out some sort of product line and then that being it but i think there you can still do things like that but there still has to be that extra layer of of sincerity that you you add to whatever it is you do like it's basically saying you being able to celebrate you know the lgbt community after pride's over or before Mm -hmm. pride pride month even starts yes
1: Yes, I love that. That was a perfect song.
0: <laughs> and that's the end of this that episode. Thank you guys for uh, no, no
1: no no <laughs> that that was, that was that's, that's so true. like it's not something that should just turn on for eight seconds, you know, during the specific time. It should be a filter that runs with you um all throughout the year. I love it.
0: yeah, absolutely. So, um, I kind of wanted to switch gears a little bit and i and some of our show and our show notes, we kind of talk about. How uh, Gen Z, the especially Gen Z women, have really changed the way beauty brands operate. Now, me not being Gen Z or a woman, I don't know how much insight I can particularly lend to this topic. So I'm going to open it up to the floor to kind of really, kind of expound on exactly what's changed within those brands.
3: So today, today's youth is today's um, to today's youth. Beauty is about freedom, expression, and diversity, and individuality. And Gen Z really grew up watching YouTubers, and those right. were the people who they were influenced by. Like, for me, that's how I learned how to how to put on makeup too, every day, yeah. you know? And that's how I, like, um, honed my skills, and they were the people that I trusted to tell me what products I needed to get, because we had yeah. similar skin types. There were people that I could relate to. Mm-hmm. You know, if something looked good on them, I'm pretty sure if they had the same skin tone, it would look, look good on me. And so they're really more influenced by these YouTubers as opposed to celebs, because they want to see people that look mm-hmm. like them, and right. they, um... Yeah. Yeah, and so I feel like a lot of beauty brands these days, like it's not all about like the airbrush perfect ads. It's more about being original natural. and unique and natural, especially mm-hmm. with brands like Glossier. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just it's all a natural look. And then Rihanna released her new beauty line that has forty different shades of foundation. Which so is it's crazy. Like, yeah, so everyone is just really included in this.
0: Right. Yeah. So what do you see even in
3: their ads
1: i'm just going to jump in like in rihanna's campaign um i'm not sure if fenty has actually actually dropped does anyone has that happened Is can people purchase fenty makeup oh yeah oh
2: yeah
1: oh okay okay well i guess that's relatively new though is it not
2: um it's been around for a a year i think
1: okay well i've been i guess maybe more uh like i've been seeing a lot of um Campaign materials for it. specifically print stuff. I saw some um, commercial stuff, and even the women, the men, all of the people in all of the campaign materials are, you know, all different colors, shapes, yeah. sizes. Yeah. And it's super, super awesome because yeah, you don't see that, um, you know, makeup too makeup often, makeup. Specific, specifically in uh, the beauty industry. So it's really sweet to see, you know, people just being funky with blue lipstick if they want blue lipstick or red lipstick if they want red lipstick.
3: Yeah. Just to jump in, it's not about just advertising to women. It's about men too, and how men are are um, um, they're in ads for like Tarte and Benefit, and they're the influencers as well. And like mm-hmm. like you said, there's so many different lipstick shades and eyeshadow colors. It's all about expressing our individual individuality, and it's not about like there's one standard definition of beauty. So it's
4: pretty great. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure a lot of these brands like use the power of user generated content. Mm-hmm. I know in and, and advertising how important that is for our generation because right. we like to, we like to trust people that have actually used it before. We don't. Mm-hmm. We're kind of going away from well, you know, like trusting the celebrities that once used it. So yeah. Yeah, that's uh-huh. definitely really important. And with
5: mm-hmm. the celebrities, they're most likely being paid to advertise it. So when you see somebody that is just like you, yeah,
1: you know, I don't it believe that, that they can, genuinely yeah, back you
0: that product right. so, <laughs> yeah. for sure so I guess being the, the the devil's advocate in the room you guys mentioned the idea of authenticity and celebrities kind of losing their efficacy but mm-hmm. on the same breath you mentioned Rihanna and her beauty line Rihanna is very yeah. not- very notable <laughs> celebrity so I, I guess my question is where do you where do you find that reconciliation between a celebrity endorsement and an authentic brand
2: well mm-hmm. going off of the Rihanna example um, I think we sub. Support her new makeup line because she's really advocating for all people of different sh- like skin shades. It's very diverse. She wants to include everyone. She, like there's, I don't think there's really any other makeup brands that are really big right now mm-hmm. that have that diverse of a color range for foundation. And I know that after she came out with that line, um, it blew up just because of that. And then another really famous brand came out with a new foundation that was similar to hers, and they only had, I think, 12 shades. And people were furious about it, and were like, no way, we're buying Rihanna's stuff just because, like, she wants to include everybody, and right. she's not, think, like, leaving other people out, you know? So I think um, the whole celebrity endorsement thing, like, if they're genuine and doing it for the right reasons, and we know that they are, we'll support them. Otherwise, it's like, they're just doing it for the
3: like okay, early two thousands, Rihanna, she was very cookie cutter because she was just still trying to be famous mm-hmm. and like become a household name. Now she's just unapologetically her. Right. And so like we mm-hmm. like Rihanna as a person, not yeah. a celeb, and that's why we endorse her exactly. because that's good. she's her. Yeah. She's Riri. So she's
0: kinda of transcended the the celebrity part of her mm-hmm. because Definitely. it she spent a lot of time really exposing. Mm-hmm. Who she actually is, mm-hmm. and then being able to put that that personality behind her brand or behind yeah, her and body.
2: like what she believes in. And okay. Things
0: like that. Okay, that's good to know. Taking notes, y'all, be, y'all better be taking notes out there. <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be very valuable information if not now in the very very near future.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Um, so moving on to the next topic, and this was a very interesting one because um, this is one that I've always just been very curmudgeon-y about. Um, it's, it's the idea of like, so is Gen? does Gen Z want more person to person contact? Is that what I'm getting? Oh,
2: that's tough. I, I don't know. Uh, I think some, I think some of us would like to be better at one-on-one human contact okay. instead of just <laughs> being on the internet all the time right. and talking to people on like Facebook messenger. Um, but I feel like that depends on the person, you know, I'm not really, I don't know if I could say that. The entire generation wants that. Okay. I think we all have
3: really busy lives, and so... Mm -hmm. It's easier. It's easier easier and hide behind
4: a cell cell phone screen. And (laughs)
3: sometimes, like, maybe someone... Like, I really appreciate if a friend sent me a meme during the day. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like you're thinking
2: of me. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah.
3: (laughs) Like, I feel like that's, like, a footstep, like, seeing each other in person. You know what I mean? A little bit more personable, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's still through your phone.
0: Okay, so that's uh, okay. So that's interesting. So, so the problem isn't necessarily the, the It's not necessarily the connection. It's is it the type of connection? Maybe. I think that like using
4: uh, communicating with people on the phone and what whatnot kind of dilutes our relationships in person because we kind of like we run out of things to talk about. We, right. we yeah. saw we saw that they were in uh, this restaurant, but we don't even ask about it. Cause right. We saw that they were there. Whereas in the in the past, you know, you'd say, oh, "How was your day? What'd you do last week?" Blah 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 blah. But you can now just FaceTime and tell them everything. Then when you're in person, there's not much of to talk about. Huh. Yeah, it's like you're
5: always keeping up with the person, even if you're not one on one talking to them. Yeah, yeah. Right. You're not texting them. You're seeing what they're gonna do, regardless. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. I
2: think it's I think that technology and social media. I think it's definitely had a negative effect on um,
0: relationships. With oh people. man. So I'm
1: wondering how these things, you know, we're talking about our friends um, and like the kid, like the homies that we're just kicking it with on the weekends or after school and stuff like that. But, you know, how does, how do these feelings and these sentiments translate when you go in for an interview or when you have to give a presentation at, you know, in school or at class? Um, and, You know, is it kind of like a shell and you snap out of it because you're not seeing your teacher's Instagram stories or you're not seeing your interviews, you know, social updates? Or does it feel kind of consistent or is it more of like a place in time, um, you know, and with people that are more, you know, similar to what your day to day is like?
5: I think it's definitely, I don't want to say harder. But when you're used to things like, I mean, they even offer online classes now, so you don't even ever have to meet your teacher. You (laughs) just have to send her an email or something in the inbox, and then when you do have something like an interview that comes up and it's really important, if you're not constantly maintaining that communication with a human being and you're always on the computer or the phone, I think you're definitely lacking. I I don't Mm -hmm. like the touch screen systems, like when you go and you don't speak to a cashier. I know that's just me personally. I know you know uh, we're in like the lack of time so everybody's wanting the quick like order online just pick yeah. it up leave Instant
4: gratification right
5: yeah right yeah but it's definitely i do miss that like i like phone calls and things like that and i know our generation z is just kind of like oh like if you could avoid the phone at all costs, I, yeah i think that be that great. phone calls give a,
2: give a lot of gen zers and yeah. some millennials anxiety Mm-hmm.
1: yeah i'm not gonna lie to you yesterday my doorbell in like my small mountain town in california rang and i was like what the yeah. hell <laughs> <I> no <know laughs> one told me they were coming over i was just like one of my neighbors just like cheerfully wanting to say hi but i just like heard the doorbell ring and i was like what wanna hide. is that <laughs> yeah but it, i mean it turned out great but i definitely i can i can relate the phone call thing for me like i'm technically a m- millennial but i'm you know i'm very close to the gen z generation but um i just feel like phone calls and stuff like that like you get where you need to be a little bit faster you get your answers a little bit faster a little bit more clear so like for the clear clarity of it all um i think that is a major benefit but yeah i mean when my doorbell rang i was like whoa <laughs> that's new
0: <laughs> but then i get i would argue on the, the the point of clarity and getting a, the, getting a clearer message across, I would argue that there are a lot of little nuances that you kind of miss when you don't have that that face to face conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we, how many times have you seen somebody tweet out, you know, LMAO, I'm screaming, knowing <laughs> full weather they're not doing anything on yeah. the other side of that front, <laughs> You know, so yeah. I mean, I think it's I think you kind of have to take the good with the bad. It's just like, yeah, technology has allowed us to kind of communicate. A lot more a lot a lot easier and a lot more frequently, but as far as connecting, I'm still kind of skeptical about mm-hmm. that right. aspect of it would it's you really say right. would you say
4: it dampened our sensitivity to our emotions or or less
0: um, you know clear and present i mean I think I think hmm you would you would assume that with things like social media, it would allow us to kind of convey our feelings a lot yeah. simpler a lot easier but I'd argue that it, it's done a little more of the opposite in the yeah, sense of, like... Hiding behind you. Right, yeah. you can kind of just, like, it's shirk something thing. off. Like, you can see, you know, 53 people died in in, in, a, in a bombing in Syria and just be like, oh, dang, praying sucks, bro. Syria. You know, yeah, yeah hashtag, hashtag praying for Syria. And then yeah. you go on about your day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, there's not as much of a... There's not as much empathy, I feel like. It's very it? cold.
5: It's a very right. cold way of just, you know, it's easier... To just shoot out a text message to somebody and say, Hey, thinking of you, but to actually go out of your way to either see the person or even talk to them on the phone.
0: Right.
4: It's just
5: very, like, you can hear them. Yeah. It's a very deeper level.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, there are not enough emojis to, just, to <laughs> display every single human emotion. And yes, we moved Happy on needs to, to come gifts. Out with right, it. Yeah, right, we moved right. on to gifts and, like, you know, mood, whatever. But is it really ever enough? No. I don't, I don't think Because, like, be. how your voice changes, just everything, your hand, your hand right. motions. Mm-hmm. Right. Just... Yeah. Right. Is everyone just going to always be, like, the upside-down smiley face? Yes. Is that, like, just neutral? <laughs> I don't know.
0: So. I think there's... There I, then, I think there's going to be a, a, a still going to be this continuing trend of like using technology to be the primary mode of, of communication for a lot of people around the world because you also have to understand that there was a, a large part of the world that didn't have access to technology at all for a very long yeah. time. And there so still so, is a lot of people right, in in exactly, the whole world exactly. that
1: don't. There's a huge yeah digital divide between us and people in different countries.
0: Right, and so I think that's going to. Uh, that's gonna to contribute to that continuing trend of just like using technologies, whether it be social media or something other something else digital to kind of be that primary source of communication. But I think it's gonna I think what will change or what should change in the future is the the amount of importance, not not not, not necessarily importance, but the amount of of empathy that we put within the digital messages that we send to each yeah. other. Yeah. I think that, that there's going to be a lot more segmentation between the type of communications that we we, we use online or we use digitally versus the ones that we use in person. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but I mean that's just that's just my theory. I, I, I'm like I'm kind of a romantic and, and hope that one day people start writing letters to each other again. Yeah. But, um, only if you go to jail. i to you a letter. So, on this, on this show, we always like to, to find opportunities to kind of put one eye towards the future and um, really kind of talk about trends that we see emerging, uh, whether it was something we've seen in the past few months or something that we'd like to see in the next few years. So, I kind of want to turn the table to you guys and really kind of pick your brains about, one, what kind of ad trends have you guys seen as far as like stuff that, that, that really targets you or is directed at you guys? And then... I guess the the, the sub-question of that question is um, what's working? Like what what really resonates with you guys and what doesn't? Like what what are you guys already getting tired of and what would you (laughs) like to see more of when it comes to ad trends for advertising Mm -hmm. to to Gen Z?
2: Something that I'm already getting tired of is the branded, um, Snapchat geo filters. Oh, okay, okay. I, th- I think those are getting a little redundant now. Yeah. Sometimes they're cool and they're fun, but they're fun for about five seconds, and then I'm over it. Alright. And so that goes back to the attention span thing, probably. It's a
4: saturated Yeah, like, right.
2: the, if you guys remember, um, the Gatorade one, where, uh, you could, like, dump a bucket of Gatorade virtually, oh, like, yeah. on your head. yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, for Gatorade, yeah, that was cool for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs>
0: That yeah. was what was that after? Was that after that was, the, was the Super Bowl twenty sixteen? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. Kelsey, so. you're going to say something?
1: No, I'm just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just enjoying. Yeah,
4: yeah. On, on the topic of Snapchat, recently I've been seeing a lot more advertisements on, on the Snapchat. Right. Between. Snapbad. Like, f- yeah, Snapchat between like posts or. Um, so, like, discovered channels, it, it's kind of getting annoying. As right. I, I
2: heard that you're not going to be able to skip those anymore oh, um, sometime soon, because you that know be how you can me. just swipe past those, uh-huh. now? I heard that you're not going to be able to do that anymore soon.
0: Yeah, Snapchat, Snapchat just made a lot of uh, recent changes and, and yeah. just opened it up, their platform, to uh, publishers, like major publishers, so mm. you're going to see a lot more. <laughs> oh, <great. I'm> sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> going back to Instagram...
0: Right. Yeah. Going back to Instagram,
3: <laughs> I use Instagram a lot, yeah. and
5: I find that if it's a photo that I can automatically tell just from half a second when scrolling, I won't look at it because okay. I know it's an ad. Okay. But when people use it as... <laughs> what? A, You're an yeah. advertising. <laughs> well, it, it, depends, it depends on what it is, I guess, but I know I won't look at it. But if it's something that looks like either like a lifestyle photo or something that mm. I'm like, oh, who posted this? It never turns out to be somebody I'm following, and it's always an ad. <laughs> mm. And so if it's like, it's a cute outfit, it's not just somebody in a store. It's like a lifestyle where they're like, you know, they yeah. look like they're in a pretty place or they're holding a glass of wine. Mm. So it makes you more like intrigued to look
0: at. Right. It. It's bougie.
1: It's not just So really refining the... Who they're who they're serving ads to, as opposed to because then they'll spend you'll, like if they serve a correct ad to you um, and it relates to you or it's like similar content that you engage with or that you share, right. then you're more likely to maybe click through and check out their website, follow them. So uh, I jumped the gun on that one, but it's more of getting served the right ad so that you can engage with them, you know, more properly.
2: Yeah, I I usually engage on the promoted ad posts on Instagram because. Like you were saying, like, most of the time they're curated to things that I would probably like.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So yes. I
2: have found right. myself coming across those and being like, ooh, what is this? And literally going to the website before. Mm. Like, mm. that's not uncommon for me. Right. Um, but I'm not sure why.
3: But. What I really liked about what brands have been doing is if you find, for example, like, a clothing brand, if you really find a cute outfit, like, on one of their posts, you can, like, go to their description Click on that, and then go through all their posts, and yeah. they'll have links for their the, clo- the item right. to the to that's where you so can buy it. Yeah. And so that's been something I've been really liking. Okay. Me too. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the stuff I'll click on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
4: But while um, advertisers are finding new ways, like through social media, to target uh, Gen Zers, they also have to be wary of on onli- their online presence because there's a growing amount of Gen Zers who are downloading ad blocking software. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's making it extra yeah. hard to be re- like give off rich media or right. standard banners and we're, we're, we're growing weary of the, the, the traditional ways. So that's why they're coming up with these,
0: you know, social media um, platforms. Right. And I think social media is a little different just for the social media is an opt in is mm-hmm. usually an opt in. You have to create an account. Right. When you create right. that account, you, you sign over yeah. a lot. You of, that. Right. Yeah, you're opting <laughs> all the way in. Right? You're opting in for a lot of that stuff. And so, yeah, as I while ad blockers do, tend to work more for like web-based stuff like if you're visiting an actual like website social media kind of still has a few more loopholes yeah. so to speak yeah. that they can kind of like work around and still be able to serve that content to you. So I guess as because we already see it with like the influx of Snapchat ads and things like that. So with that said like will there ever be kind of like this 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 threshold that we we hit? as far as like ad saturation is concerned have we already hit it you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like how 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 far can we like how deep does this rabbit hole go like how much how much more can we we push this idea of of serving ads on a platform on platforms that don't fall into the same regulations so to speak as like as just the the internet mm-hmm. i feel
3: like the furthest you could ever push an ad would be like 50 50 50 like the post that you want to follow mm-hmm. like that would be followed followed by a paid post. Wow, That's okay. what I feel like. Like okay. that like that makes the most sense to me. Okay. I don't know about you guys.
0: Mm-hmm. So if it ever gets right. to a day where half of your news feed is just straight up ads, that's it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's like yeah. That
3: would be kind of funny. That what if it was like I posted an ad or I posted one of my photos on Instagram and then followed that would be like an ad I suggested.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? I'm yeah, I mean that 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 is interesting to know. Yeah, take take notes. Um, publishers,
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: the the well,
0: threshold is fifty percent newsfeed saturation. So they um, could do forty. Forty nine point nine nine. Yeah, but yeah, that's 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 interesting because I've always I've always wanted to see like what people's thresholds are for for that kind of ad serve because you know you get to a point where it's just like I can't discern the ad from the original content, you right. know, it's
3: like... Yeah. Oh, especially with the YouTube videos. I'll be halfway watching a YouTube yeah, video, and then off. an ad will come. I'm like,
0: really? oh, yeah. yeah. I feel YouTube videos oh, oh, long Well, now, I don't have I a
3: YouTube bread, well. so uh, right. that's okay. when you start paying.
0: And so that jumps into my next thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, what, what do you guys, how do you guys feel about paid versions of apps, and, and apps that you guys have been using for mm-hmm. years? Like, a paid Spotify, version of Facebook, Spotify, a paid Spotify, version Spotify. of, like, Instagram. And, then, yeah, we already do with things like Hulu and Spotify and, um, and other, you know, streaming services, but I'm talking more about just, like, the basic stuff, stuff that even, like, that I that I knew, like, grew up with knowing it was free, you know? What, where, is there, I guess, a, a financial threshold that you guys awesome. have? Yeah. If, it, if it's a low considered. price, I'm willing
4: to pay it if, if that means not seeing too many yeah. ads. Like, oh, I mean, like with Spotify, it's it's so convenient. It's I'm so, worth, ads. Paying it's for it's so worth paying for, it. especially yeah. with the student discount. It's like, right. I have that too. The, the four ninety nine for one month of Hulu plus Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it's I
0: mean, great. Yeah. I've been seeing that a lot lately with like bundling, bundling yeah. like serv like services here yeah. and there. Yeah, yeah.
5: for sure. Hmm. I don't know. I guess it would just depend on what it is, but I don't think I would yeah. ever pay to get rid of ads because. Even, like, they're talking about with Netflix, because there aren't any commercials, that advertisers are going to start putting it in the shows anyway, like subtle things, like, you know, like a can of Coke or something uh, on the desk right. and things like that. And so, soldier. and, you know, with Instagram, you can just keep scrolling. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. I think YouTube, that's probably one of the frustrating ones, and just it's because you have sure. to wait and it cuts you off. Your but, hands
4: behind your back. You yeah, really but
5: <laughs> everything else I think
2: <laughs> I can tolerate. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the only thing that... I can't tolerate is an ad when I'm trying to listen to my music and that's uh, why I pay for the Spotify okay. I don't have YouTube red or whatever it's called <laughs> but um when it comes to my music like I don't I haven't used Pandora in years yes. like I bought my premium Spotify I think my sophomore year of college, which was four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've had it ever since. And it's like the best investment. I love it. My sister still buys iTunes gift cards.
0: Oh. <laughs> um, not
2: sure why.
0: Nice. But
2: um, yeah, I pay four ninety nine.
1: Vintage.
2: Vintage. Yeah, right. Super vintage
4: to be defa- buying it's those. It's definitely a buzzkill when you're on the treadmill running and you hear an ad An ad. ad. Yeah. Okay. yeah For
3: sure. So I still have SoundCloud. I use I like I like to listen to SoundCloud and listen to a lot of remixes. And especially when I work out, that's the most time I listen to music. And it's funny because I feel like they've geared the advertisements to be really hype sometimes. Or, like, the advertisements on SoundCloud kind of fit the fact that you're listening to music.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, right. does, that, does that make sense? It's yeah. not as
3: annoying. It's not yeah. as annoying. Yeah, so yeah, I can just, like, fair, yeah, yeah, just, you know, say what you have to say and then let me go. <laughs> but it's not, as, it's not as frustrating.
0: Okay. So. so as long as the ad kind of fits whatever rhythm you're in at that yeah. moment it's, it's a lot more forgivable Yeah. they like that yeah okay, okay. Yeah.
3: Just, okay. Just, just a side but, but I don't think I too. would ever buy <laughs> SoundCloud Premium right because it's kind of like the lower platform as opposed to Spotify yeah. right for, for sure you know. right and I just had a side thought too I
5: think the reason that I don't know if it's just Gen Z or everybody that we find it so frustrating that YouTube has ads that we have to skip through. Is because <laughs> when we first found YouTube, it there didn't was. didn't have ads. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, because if you think about it, you pay for cable and you're paying for commercials and shows. And then with YouTube, I mean, it is free mm-hmm. and we still get upset at that. So it's just kind of like a. You right. know, It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense, but I think that's why. It's because.
1: It's a good thought.
0: Yeah, and I think you have to understand that, like, there was a time, believe it or not, there was a time before YouTube. Uh, I'm Here we
1: go again, Brian. <laughs> I, I'm
0: old, I'm cranky, I'm tired. Tell
1: the people. <laughs> I'm,
0: a, I'm a millennial, and I'm not going to take it anymore. i got to let the people know that there was a time before YouTube where you had to bookmark, like, nine different sites in order to get all your video content, your meaningless video content for the day. Um, so I think yeah, when they when they kind of created that hub of YouTube to kind of have this one stop shop, that that kind of opened it up for right. the possibility for advertisers. Mm-hmm. Like when you whenever you create something where you know a large amount of people are going to congregate, whether it's online there's or in real life, hits. there's right. going it's to be happen. it's just, right, yeah, right, it's going to yeah. be an opportunity to kind of put as many eyes, impressions on whatever <laughs> kind of ad that you're, you're, you're sending out into the world. So um, I wanted to round it up with, uh, just had a quick question about, cause I've been doing a lot of research with um, data privacy. And I know with GDPR and like, uh, like a bunch of other different data breach uh, issues that have been going on in social media. My question has, how, how if, if, if at all, has it changed your outlook on the way that we advertise digitally.
4: Honestly, before uh, I came here, I didn't really know. I didn't know what I was. Tra- uh, my tradeoff was by signing in, into Google. I didn't know <laughs> that like my cookies were tracked and right. they were always watching where I went, my purchases, how how long I was on a website. So I, I don't I wasn't aware of, of how extensive advertising was and how how much they're watching me. <laughs> big, <laughs> brother's wa- big brother's watching me. I don't think I don't think like a lot of Gen Zers really know that
0: either. Yeah. How ads okay. are served to them. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. so I think now that uh, some companies have kind of been forced into being a little more transparent. Do you think that's going to? Uh, do you think that's going to increase credibility? Decrease it?
2: Uh, I feel like it's not really going to change. Yeah,
0: much. it's not going to <laughs>
3: yeah. okay. I don't.
2: Yeah, I don't see it. Changing.
3: They could
0: say
2: all they want to us about how oh, you're safe if you if you opt in and out. I you know I don't right. think it's going to make me feel any better.
0: I think most people have probably already resolved themselves to the idea that, yeah, you're going to get my information one way or another. Exactly. You know, I sign up for X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I feel like we've also grown up in the time where it's like once it's out there, it's It's out out there. there. It's in the cloud. even if you just wanted to get rid of it, you know, yeah. Beware of the cloud. They'll know either way. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay,
0: cool. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps up this episode of Provoke. I want to thank all of you guys uh, for coming in, taking some time out of your day to talk to us about the the, the wild and wonderful world of Gen Z. Um, so, as always, if you have any questions, oh, and thanks to you, too, Kelsey. <laughs> it's
1: okay. I knew it was in your heart, so it was okay. I wasn't going to say anything.
0: It's still going to take a little getting used to, that to not, not having you in the room, but I'll, I'll, I'll come around eventually. Um, okay. But as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, be sure to send them to Provoke. That's P-R-O-V-O-K at evokead.com. And uh, be sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts to kind of keep up with our contributions to the advertising world. Um, and as far as today's quote's concerned, um, this one comes from uh, someone who's near and dear to my heart, uh, uh, You know, a, a huge inspiration in, in my life and hopefully everybody else's lives, uh, yes. the, the late, great Whitney Houston. Uh, and she said... Uh, I believe the children are our future. Y'all's queen. And with that said, y'all take care.